Hey listeners, want to become an official Grunthead? Well, now you can, by becoming a patron over at our Patreon. That's right. When you contribute, you'll gain access to our supplemental show, Gruntwork Nights, a podcast not about the TV show Home Improvement. It's a lot of fun, and we hope you'll join us. Just visit patreon.com slash gruntworkpod to join. And now, on with the show. Does everybody know what time it is? Time to start righting the wrongs you've done throughout the year so you don't end up on the naughty list. <laughs> Unless you want to. It's grunt work. Hey you, out there in the cold, grunting lonely, grunting old, can you feel me? If not, that's fine, because you can definitely hear me since you're listening to Grunt Work, the only podcast about home improvement that's ready, willing, and able to frost your sticky buns. <laughs> I'm your host, Truman, the Army Hammerman Caps, and with me as always is my co-host, Landon, the Navy Butt Doctor Man Solano. How <laughs> come you get to be Army Hammer? Uh, because I'm the one reading it this time. That's 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 all there is, man. You want to be Army Fair. Hammer, you okay. have to you have to make up the nicknames, okay? Which you totally think of in advance. Uh, it's good to see you, Landon. It's good to see you too, and uh, thank you for beginning the show with my favorite Jesse Eisenberg song. Ah, uh, thank you. Yes, you know what pissed me <laughs> off about the Squid and the Whale is that an audience in like 1986. He can say, oh yeah, I, I wrote this this song from this extremely popular Pink Floyd album, and yeah. like no one figures it out. If it was a, a you know, um, a suburb tucked away in some part of the Midwest, uh, like where I grew up. Sure. I would believe it, but New York, no, I don't yeah, believe that. Yeah, like a, like a kind of artsy high school in New York, and also that, that like, there's young teachers there, yeah. there's young administrators who were totally listening to Pink Floyd <laughs> in the 70s. Yeah, I, I remember as a kid when that when that happened, and it's like, oh, it was actually a Pink Floyd song. I'm thinking, like, this is before I'd listened to The Wall. I yeah. was like, oh, that must be some really obscure... Like their early stuff, like Piper at the Gates of Dawn or something. <laughs> no, that's one of their biggest songs. Right. It's like if I go out there and and it's like, hey, I just wrote this original song. It's called Wonderwall, and uh, <laughs> I'm just going to play it for you. Anyway, yeah. here's Wonderwall. I wonder if this pushes that movie into the realm of magical realism. Because <laughs> we have there's the conceit that we have to believe that nobody thinks that he's plagiarizing it. Uh, it's, well, it's like the, the same theory that A Star is Born takes place in an alternate universe where 9-11 never happened. Maybe, maybe that same... Maybe Maybe, it also, maybe that's the same universe that the squid and the whale takes place in. <laughs> I guess so. Because 9-11 hasn't happened in the squid and the whale, it's in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Truman, it's good to see you, buddy. Well, it's just like, well, you're just parroting my lines back at me, but it's, yeah. it's, it's good to see you, Landon. But I say that every week. Well, that's true, that's true. I guess I'm, I'm stealing It doesn't make it shit. any less true. Yeah, oh, well, thank you, Landon. I, <laughs> I appreciate this. It's also great that you say, like, I love that you say that, and I'm glad that that's a part of, of our routine and our intro. I think it's really good, and I think it shows mm. the fans that, you know, we're friends, you yeah. know, and that but at the same time, by the time you're saying that to me, I've been in the apartment for at least an hour, sometimes maybe two. We've sometimes yeah. eaten together already. Would, would it be more appropriate if I said, Truman, it's good to hear you, uh, because usually we don't speak a single word until no. we get the mics on. We, we like, we, we, honestly, it's just our relationship is truly so bad when we're not, <laughs> when we're not here. It's, it's like, you know, it's like uh, any number of bands or uh, actors on sitcoms who had no, it's like on ALF, like how, how bad things were between the cast members on ALF that they wouldn't speak except when they had lines together they needed elf as the conduit he needed to be the arbiter the third party as it applies in this episode yes exactly and i kind of wish elf had been in this 
episode uh, <laughs> because it might have made it a little bit funnier. Although yeah. I still think this episode was pretty good. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. I, we have some house cleaning to do, uh, as per usual these uh, days. Because Godzilla went on the rampage. <laughs> um, first of all, uh, if you missed it on Twitter, uh, I don't think I posted it anywhere else yet, but um, we low-key announced um, the that we have commissioned a piece of art uh, from an artist yes. that I personally love yes, uh, named VHS Girl, and you can find her um, on Instagram or Etsy. Uh, on Instagram, she's VHS Girl. On Etsy, it's VHS Girl Shop. Uh, please go check out her stuff. We have seven prints made of our commissioned piece. I'm looking at one right now and making an eye contact with him. You're looking at the, the OG, the original. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, we are very excited to f- figure out a way. I think we're going to talk over our mid-season break, which is coming up, uh, on how exactly we want to be able to give out these things. But we have seven. Yes. Um, I guess I can ask her and talk to her to see if we can print more if any if that need comes up. But... Um, we're really excited to figure out how to get these to you because I'm just absolutely in love with it. Yeah, uh, the, this this home improvement art print is truly beautiful. I think it sums up. It, it is an accurate picture of what the show really is. <laughs> At I least think. in our heads, yeah. I, I, yeah it's it an accurate kind of Looney Tunes. <laughs> it's an accurate picture of grunt work as of home improvement as seen through the prism of grunt work. Yeah, just like Pink Floyd, uh, the grunt <laughs> home improvement goes in the prism and comes out uh, looking like this. Yes, uh, and you know, and just like Jesse Eisenberg, we painted this ourselves. It's totally <laughs> us. We made it. Uh, yeah, but it's a great piece of work. VHS Girl is uh, truly the Frida Kahlo of um, of VHS. <laughs> cover parodies of yes. things. Yeah, uh, that, that's her whole conceit. She does uh, uh, cover parodies of VHS tapes, mostly horror, science fiction, uh, that sort of stuff. But or, she or does Home Improvement, which is uh, horror and science yeah. fiction. <laughs> uh, actually, I would actually redefine it as a, a cult film. She does a lot of cult stuff. So, And Home Improvement is also kind of a cult yeah. show. If you uh, check out her Instagram, you can actually see the prints uh, as well there. But uh, please check her out. Uh, she, she really deserves all the attention uh, we can give her. These prints are extremely fresh. And speaking of our mid-season break, it's coming up. Real soon, it's rushing towards us like the uh, like the weird remote controlled car with the home improvement logo yeah. on it in the opening credits. And I know um, as much as we love uh, doing the show and we love our listeners and providing content, I know that you and I are looking for just a just a, a breather for a second. Vacation, all I ever wanted. <laughs> I just punched the table there. I was so excited. That's what you heard, guys. Uh, so. Just to let you know what to expect from us, we're going to have a few more episodes for you. A couple of our uh, big bonus episodes are coming out. We have the interview with uh, Nick from Pod Therapy. Yes. Very, very excited to get that one out. I'm very excited to see what it sounds like when I edit it soon. (laughs) We have uh, the one that a lot of people have been waiting for, uh, the Santa Claus. Oh, yes. Uh, Not sure how that's – I mean, these episodes on a 22-minute episode – are long as hell. I can't imagine covering an hour and a half movie. We we might speaking speaking as the person who has to edit it. I think we might have to condense our uh, our notes a little bit and speed through things. Just just a, perhaps just yeah. a, a play. And also speaking on behalf of you know, well, I don't know how much time our listeners have. Maybe maybe some of you have to take like a seven hour drive to to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> maybe yeah. I don't know. You can listen. I mean, we'll, we'll be on break, so they they can parse that out over time. Yeah. Listen, just, I, I'm not going to tell you how you how to listen to your shows, but you just said listen so you are kind of telling them how to listen, listen. to me telling you not to listen to me 
wow, that's like a that's like a logic puzzle. Exactly. I feel like I, I feel I feel like you you've broken my circuitry now. One zero zero one zero one 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 zero one. Okay, well, yeah, that's a lot of lot of exciting stuff on yeah. the horizon. And then if you are a Patreon uh, sponsor, we want to let you know we got your back covered there as well. We'll be putting out um, weekly episodes of Gruntwork Nights as well as our big uh, Fraser episode for hitting our first goal. And uh, we got a new patron this week. Um, I, I think we need to start not using last names. Okay. Probably, probably yeah, probably <laughs> safe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll call him uh, Michael V.S. Yes. Uh, which is someone new to me. Uh, he just started following us on Twitter, so I, I really don't know anything about him. I'm very excited to get to know him and uh, that he's on board. And All we know about him is he makes questionable financial decisions that benefit us. <laughs> That's very true. And so does Tom Power, who increased his Patreon. Doing a great uh, job with the not using last oh, names thing. Well, we made such a... a to do about his last name. Okay, so we are we, so we've already doxed Okay, so uh, you're right. Uh Tom B. Yeah. I'm right. going to I'm going to trust you to go back and edit that out. Oh, that, there's your mistake, sir. I am not <laughs> listening at this point in the editing process. I am on Twitter. So Tom B increased his uh 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 pledge. I think that's what they're called. Pledges. I don't know why I've never used that term before. Yeah. Um which means and I am only bringing this up for a specific reason. We are $1 away. $1 away, guys. <laughs> from hitting our second goal. Oh, my God. And we still haven't figured out what that is, nor have we released the first goal yet. Uh, you guys think you're tricky trying to beat us to the race, the, the checkered flag. Beat, beat us to the races? Beat us, beat a, beat, you're racing us to the track. Be racer head. <laughs> Speed racer. <laughs> uh, guys, it's, it's that time of year where it's like 60 degrees outside, so it's 7,000 degrees in Landon's apartment. So if... <laughs> If you if you notice us getting a kind of a uh, a, the, a classic dumbness that you haven't heard in a few months, that's why. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I'm you know I'm I'm excited you know I'm excited by this because the fact is the reason our first bonus isn't even out yet is because we did not expect to have this much success with our Patreon this quickly. Yeah. We yeah. really thought we did we did not play we don't place any value on the content we're creating. So the fact I that put people a little bit. Pl- I place no value. I place negative value on it to make up for the small amount of value that you give it. So no, we're just shocked <laughs> that people, that anyone besides us likes this. Yeah. And uh, thank you. You guys are great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for listening to our crappy shithole podcast that we're just going to denigrate all over the place. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we watched an episode this week of yes. Home Improvement. Yes. Well, I, and we don't, Landon, why don't you tell us what happened on this here episode of Home Improvement? Oh, I will do that right after this. Theme song for very, very Christmassy. For oh yeah, I forgot uh, that it's a Christmas episode. I don't have any jingle bells. Oh. What's your jingle bell sound again? Ching 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 ching. ching. That's great. That's great. Oh man. Oh Landon. We get. You know what I've noticed is that as our as our dumb heat stroke episodes happen, it it we sooner and sooner into the episode we get dumb. Like we we've, yeah. we've just started and we are already <laughs> critically dumb. Um. So the synopsis is brought to you by Tom B. Uh. So thank you, Tom. It goes a little something like this. It's like balmy Italian summer. <laughs> it's Christmas time again, and this year both sides of the family are staying with the Taylors. Tim's brother Marty, his, Marty! Wife, his wife Nancy, and their twins are already populating the house while Jill awaits the arrival of her parents. However, the second that her parents walk in the door, they are at each other's throats. Uh-oh. Jill's mom complains that the colonel, that's 
Jill's father, if you uh, have forgotten, yeah. uh, that the colonel does, not, uh, does nothing but sit around and watch war movies all day while detaching from the rest of the world. When Jill tries to step in and help, things blow up in her face. But Just maybe, like a war movie. But maybe a third party could help things along. I'm leaving that ellipsis in there. Oh, I see, I and see. And we'll get the answer to that. Who is this third party? In the deep dig. Oh, man. That's good. Okay, so now you're creating more foreshadowing. Exactly. For the people who, who haven't listened to us and thought, oh, yep, they're getting dumb again and just torn, <laughs> torn out their earbuds already. Yep. Wow. Well, if you need uh, an extra dose of dumb, guess that title. <laughs> Brought to you by uh, John S. Great, great. This is really good. Uh, okay, so here's, I got four ideas for what the title of this episode could be. Okay. Uh, one. Yes. Army Grunts. <laughs> I like that. Uh, two, you'll light up my wife. That is better than this title. Well, is it any surprise, Landon? I mean, uh, about half not the always. time. Yeah, not always. And sometimes you even forget to do the thing, so it's <laughs> it's great. Uh, three, patent lending. Ooh. Like patent pending, yeah, but right. patent lending. Yeah. It's funny. It is funny, I, but it's not Christmassy. Well, no, okay, man, they can't all be great. They can't all be, they can't all be, you will light up my, my yeah, okay. wife. And last, away in a barca lounger. <laughs> because he spends a lot of time in his barca lounger. Yeah, right. And away in a manger is a Christmas Oh, carol. okay, I was trying to put that, that one together. You can tell that mine are good because I have to explain <laughs> half of them. Uh, okay, so. It's my favorite part of every joke. Was, was I right about all of these <laughs> every surprisingly this is a multi-hyphenate title episode <laughs> oh man okay well then i won the superfecta there <laughs> uh they seem to have a naming scheme um with their christmas episodes uh so this one is so if you remember last year it was called um twas the blight before christmas yes remember how that? could i forget yes this one is twas the night before chaos no <laughs> yeah i agree i think this is a bit of a misnomer title because uh either well either it is a misnomer or it's setting us up for the story which is the chaos is after the episode because we don't really experience chaos in this episode how about this i got a better one already okay so so like the home improvement title writers are like trying to make a basket but then i scoop it away from them and then i just like Straight up, do with like 360 degree tomahawk. What I don't really watch basketball, but I, I'm gonna dunk on them with this one. Twas the fight before Christmas, way better because her parents are fighting, yeah. And this takes place before Christmas. I also think it's elegant, it's simple, yeah. I also think twas the blight before Christmas would have been more appropriate for this episode than yeah. last year's, yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's all I gotta say of that, <laughs> you know what. Uh, and if God came down and threw a lightning bolt, it could be "Twas the Smite Before Christmas." <laughs> hey, you know what? If Wilson ever gets mad, um, yeah, on Christmas, and "Twas the Kite Before Christmas," if Charlie Brown shows up with his uh, <laughs> kite lost in a tree, I don't even know, guys. There's options here, yeah. and the Home Improvement title writers didn't exercise them this week. Uh, this episode aired on December thirteenth, nineteen ninety four. Do you know what that means? Uh, that means OJ is not in. Jail yet? Not in, he's I never mean, been in jail. Well, I mean, he was pre-trial I mean, not, well, detention, right? Like, not, 
well, maybe while he was being held for questioning? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it certainly wasn't until the Vegas incident that he went to jail. Oh, well, yeah, I know that much. But, okay, so... Uh, OJ has not happened yet. Still? I, well... Jesus, uh, 90s, get your shit together. I don't together. know when the actual incident happened. Maybe that did I'm happen sure in 94. Like in 94. Well, look, this hmm. is not when people... This isn't the this isn't the OJ Simpson yeah. cast. This but isn't the it Simpson is, cast. it is... We are... This is the last episode in 1994. So we are going into uh, 95. Yes. Uh, which is an exciting year. Yes. So uh, many for, great things For many, happen. many reasons. This yeah. is directed by Andy Kadiff and written by someone who writes most of your favorite episodes, Rosalind Moore. Ah, Rosalind Moore. Yeah. Well, this episode isn't bad. It's no. not... It didn't make me upset. Didn't, <laughs> didn't make me angry, short of the title could have been better. It just wasn't amazing. And I feel like the... Well, I don't... We'll talk about it on the on the, on the the deep dive. Well, no, we'll get our, get our thoughts out now and then we... Break it open. Yeah, I just saw. Do you remember? Minus. Have you ever done the show before? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't, Landon. I look. My I'm overheating, and my brain is deleting old memories to save hard drive space. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Uh, it was there. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like we feel kind of similar about it. Like it, it didn't. Ma- nothing in it made me feel like, yeah. oh, this is actively bad for humanity. You know, I do think that there's a missed opportunity. I'll say that about this episode. In that, it's probably the first episode we've had where. The tailors aren't really the focus of the episode. Yeah, it's not. And if you're giving <clears throat> um, the narrative weight to two heavyweights like Polly Holiday and M. Emmett Walsh, yeah, I feel like it could have been grounded in something a little more, uh, a little Meaty? deeper, a little yeah. meatier, yeah, yeah, uh, or um, a little stickier, jackfruitier. Yeah, oh, okay. Of, it, oh, of course, for of course. Me and the rest of the vegetarians, a little there. cauliflowerier. <laughs> sure. Oh, yes. a, a more, a more. Uh, Let's see, a more rigid form of tofu, if you will. Yeah, I, I've developed a soy intolerance, so uh, I'm off of that as well. Okay, okay. Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's see, a more brittle type of matzo. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I mean, well, that's got gluten, but you're good at gluten, right? I'm good, yeah. Okay. I mean, as much as anybody is. Um, this isn't about my dietary uh, restrictions. This is about this episode. So, yeah, I think that it could have been something with a little more gravitas, especially since it was... Uh, you know, kind of a special episode. It's a big yeah. holiday episode. It is big, um, and it is a and holiday. It kind of—I wouldn't say it lets you let you down, but it just wasn't quite as um, much as I wanted it to be. Yeah. Well, let's tell them why. You know what? Let's crack it open and tell them why. Let's let's unwrap okay. this like a Christmas <laughs> present tied up by the chimney with care. Oh my God. Okay, so we are cracking. We're unwrapping. Uh, anything else? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're mixing metaphors. That's for damn yeah, sure. That is we're mixing metaphors true. like so much holiday eggnog. <laughs> Which I've never liked eggnog. I've ne- I don't think anyone likes eggnog. I know I, a lot of people who love it. I think they like it because it's a socially acceptable excuse to get drunk at a party Why in a different way. Why would you just drink wine or beer I, look, or liquor? Th- that's what I do. That those are the ones that I prefer. No, I've never, I've never liked to nog up. Nothing about it is appealing to me. I, I don't think I've ever actually drank it. To be perfectly honest with you, but I feel like it's. I get the same sense. I've smelled it a lot of times. I like oh, yeah. to smell things before I consume them. You, no, you just leave it there. I don't like to smell things. <laughs> I just like to smell things. Pencils. It's a bit of a compulsion where I I almost have to smell Countertops. something before I ingest it. And uh, not, not like uh, what was um, on Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, he always touched his uh, chin before he ate. I I've never uh, I never Brad noticed Garrett's that. character did. Okay, weird. Anyway, yeah. So it's not like that kind of compulsive. Anyway, I've smelled eggnog before, and it gives me the same kind of like throaty sensation that olives do. So I am mm. almost certain that it would give me a gag reflex. So it doesn't pass the smell test. It does not pass the smell test. That's well, for that's sure. good. That's an important thing to know. Yeah. I also don't like nutmeg. Oh, 
Well, yeah, I don't know that I'm crazy about it. It mostly reminds me of eggnog. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't like it. Anyway, welcome back to Nogwork, the uh, <laughs> first and only podcast about the beverage eggnog, the seasonal drink that is so out of tune with how hot it is in this room right now. Nothing, maybe the reason you don't like eggnog is because it is so hot and nothing sounds worse when it's hot than a big frosty glass of eggnog. Oh, buddy, I don't know what we're going to do come July. Um, we open on... Not well. I almost said this at a tool time. We don't quite. We do open we. in the void. We open in the void, and like a cenobite coming from hell, yeah, the grunt creep just steps from the darkness, clank, 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 carrying clank, his clank. own little puzzle box. Yeah, um, and uh, I would say the grunt creep presents or presents. <laughs> the episode of Tool Time that we watch. He is sort of like the Crypt Keeper for the Tales from the Crypt that is this episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> he just holds it up and we, he, it's like he is the master of ceremonies for <laughs> this uh, for this uh, parcel of Yuletide yucks. Yes. Uh, so we go into the box from the void. And w- what's in the box, Landon? <laughs> An episode of Tool Time! Oh no, that still beats Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Uh <laughs> Spoiler alert for a like twenty a movie that came out basically nineteen ninety five. Yes, exactly. Kaboom! Like like uh, I guess hasn't even come out yet. Yeah, you're spoiling a movie for next year. Okay, uh, a movie that came out at least eighteen days after this episode first aired. <laughs> Nothing says first day of January like releasing seven. Thanks, New Line Cinemas. So Tim and Al are on the set of Tool Time. Al is wearing a big tall elf hat. They're a Binford ta- one. A Binford elf hat made by the Binford. Vinford products made by elves in the North Pole. We have to ask Richard Karn. Uh, it seems to be a recurring joke that he always gets the biggest hat. Yes. And I'm wondering if it was a, a conscious thing, like we had mentioned earlier uh, about the writers of uh, Cheers giving Frasier the, the worst lines to see if he could pull it off. Yes. I wonder if Richard Karn was like, no, I want to make my hat big. I don't want Tim to be able to keep a straight face uh-huh. during the scene. That's how big I want it to be. Richard Karn's hat wearing is analogous to uh, Kelsey Grammer's multiple Emmy winning yes. rendition of Frasier Crane. I completely agree with that statement. Uh so okay, well, Al is Al is wearing this massive elf hat, yep. and uh, they're talking about how it's Christmas time, as yep. you could have guessed from this. Uh, 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 Heidi is there tossing handfuls of snow onto Tim and Al to yeah, mostly Tim, move. mostly Tim. It's <laughs> collecting on his leg in a major way. And Al is talking about you know one of his favorite Christmas traditions was making a snowman. He would use a carrot for the nose, cookies for eyes, and licorice for its smile. Aw, and then. Tim says, yeah, until your mom would eat the snowman. It was one time. <laughs> she used the carrot to make coleslaw. Yeah, I like that. Uh, here's what I want to say. Yeah. Waste to some good cookies. Putting them in a snowman's eye. Use coal for that shit, man. Yeah, what if they're stale? When you get to, like some of those like mini Amos cookies that I have guess... been sitting in the bags like your roommate didn't... Uh, uh, seal it up properly some of those famous anus cookies yeah, and exactly. uh, yeah okay well I, I guess i guess in that case it's fair um so <laughs> anyway they um they talk about that all those happy christmas memories and then they transition rather seamlessly <laughs> or perhaps seem fully yeah to uh a big block of ice carving tim gets off his yeah exactly his recliner walks over and strategically in this move uh, Richard Karn gets, uh, pans, you know, the camera pans away from him, and when he reapproaches, uh, he's no longer wearing the hat. Yes. Which is a bit of a disappointment, disappointment to me. Truman. A dose appointment. That's two disappointments in Spanish. We have, uh, part of our name is Work. Yes. Um, 
we have some work here. Okay. We have a major controversy on our hands. Let's roll. Let's roll up our hands. Well, what is this? What is this controversy? You know, we have a number of corners on this show. Yes. Um, one of them happens to be dedicated to character actors. Yes. Why don't you walk us through the events that happen here, and then I'll give you the controversy. Okay, so Tim and Al uh, go up to this block of ice, and they introduce a guy named Chaz Jensen, who is a champion uh, ice carver, who's going to come out and use a Binford chainsaw to carve a Christmas tree into this big old block of ice they've got. And I have questions about that in a second. But um, this gentleman is not mentioned at all on IMDb. <gasps> He's a ghost. <laughs> I did a search for him as well, uh, you know, doing all of the, the keywords, Michigan, um, ice sculptor, Chaz Jensen, blah, blah, blah. Couldn't find anything on this person. So we have a vacant corner uh, that I don't I don't know how to fill here. This is the corner of the unknown character actor. There's a <laughs> single uh, guard who is constantly standing watch there. And every year the president comes, the president of Home Improvement, who I guess is one of us, comes and ra- lays a wreath. I think this is probably a scenario much like uh, the first season when we had the Saw player come oh, on. Oh, yes, Where she was clearly someone who plays the Saw. Um, this is someone who clearly knows how to use a chainsaw to, to carve ice. He's playing the saw in his own way. <laughs> At least she was mentioned on IMDb, though, so, uh, we got a controversy on our hands. I don't know what to do. It's, it's not really controversial. It's more like a mystery. We have a mystery on our hands. Oh, that's more exciting. Yeah, it is more exciting. It's an unsolved mystery. You love those. those I do your favorite love those. kind of mysteries. Oh my god, you're right. I'm gonna have to... But Oh, I think it's had a stroke. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I I think it's I think it's sort of like the ring, where when you look on the face of this unknown ice carver, you you uh, have a stroke and die. Uh, well, I mean, may, I mean, maybe it's like some sort of it's a wonderful life thing, where like we don't know who he is because yeah. like George Bailey was never born and couldn't rescue him from something or other. Perhaps, yeah. Well, or, he, or he's like Tim and Al's guardian angel. <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna have to put an asterisk next to this character actor because uh, we can't play the meta game. I can't give you any details about him. I don't know anything about this guy. He might not be a character actor. He might just Maybe be. Not. He might. He's not an actor. He's playing himself. He Fair. is a. Okay. He is a professional ice carver. Then let's go into what he carves. Uh, he does very quickly makes a uh, Christmas tree out of this block of ice that I feel like I could have done. I mean, I, I've. I'm not trying to take his skills down. Clearly, they only had, what, 10 seconds to film this thing? Uh, But he creates a Christmas tree that, you know, given a minute, I feel like I could do. Landon, this we've been watching the show too long because you're doing... This is a total Tim Taylor move. To watch an expert do a thing, be like, I can do that. That's not important. I mean, mean, I'm not calling myself an artist, but I do artistic things. I paint. I uh, I do all kinds of stuff. I've been doing art my whole life. I think I can... Get the sense of how to use a scalpel-like chainsaw to do the bare minimum of a tree that he did here. So there's a there is a meme image where it's a picture of Fry from Futurama with his eyes narrowed down to slits. I think it's for the suspicious one. Yeah, yeah, suspicious Fry. That's the look I'm giving Landon right now because it's like, (laughs) look, Landon, witness. Landon is a good artist. He does he does watercolors that are wonderful. He's given me a couple of them as gifts. He is a gifted artist, and I'm going to say right now definitively, as someone who is not an artist. That that a brush and a fucking chainsaw and a canvas and a block of fucking ice are two very different things. True. Not the same ballpark, not even the same fucking sport, to quote Samuel L. Jackson in a movie that came out in 1994. And uh, to prove this, I have brought in two chunks of ice to, uh, to prove this to you. 
Except it's too hot in here and they melted. Oh, so, no, Landon. Uh, we'll never know. It's another unsolved mystery. Oh, uh, man, I was going to weld mine anyway, so it probably <laughs> wouldn't have worked out. Stole that joke from the Devilfish episode of Mystery Science Theater. Don't laugh at me. Uh, well, look, here, and maybe the reason that I'm reacting this way is because my note about the tree carving is yeah. it's pretty lit. I really liked it. <laughs> Watching it happen, I was like, that's impressive. That's pretty cool. I don't think I could do that. I'm also very uncomfortable around power tools, so I but wouldn't it's, have the it's requisite all of, confidence. Like, Three, three, six, seven, eight. It's all of like eight to no more than fourteen cuts. Okay, okay, sure, but it's like it's like you one fuck up and you're done. Like you've ruined that block of ice. You can't That's do anything. That's not true. That's not true. You can always. Uh, I mean, it would be smaller, but you can you can. It goes from a Douglas fir to a sapling, basically. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, more like a Douglas burr because it's made of ice. Uh, so, you know, he carves this tree, which I guess one of us who still has the childlike wonder affiliated with the holiday thinks is impressive. Uh, meanwhile, Landon <laughs> is just sitting there scoffing so hard he probably didn't notice the rest of, of the following joke. But, uh... I did not at all. Okay, great. You're too busy looking for calendars with better trees on them. It hasn't changed yet. Oh, Jesus. So, Al, uh, you know, this thing gets carved, and Al turns to the audience and says, Now, be careful, uh, if you put uh, presents underneath this tree, you want to make sure that they're waterproof. And then I think, like, oh, man, what a good setup for a subsequent joke. And instead, music starts playing, like, like to kind of take us into the opening credits. Yeah. And Tim just sort of comes into frame and just <laughs> makes a face he mocks uh, cuz uh um l does one of his little uh snorty cho- uh, chortles yes uh, Snor- snorty chortles <laughs> snorty chortles uh at his own joke and tim steps into frame with you know clearly nothing to hold over l so he just mocks him snorty chortles is the follow up game to charty mcdennis from uh from it's always sunny <laughs> uh so but yeah so from from uh, off this cacophony of yeah. snorty chortles we, we get a chainsaw transition into the theme song I'm glad that you're keeping track of transitions because I have completely abdicated that responsibility in recent that months. Is fine by me. Uh, so we go to the opening credits. You've seen the opening credits of this show before. Tim yep. Tim falls off the house. He tries to fly. Jill catches him in a wheelbarrow. Boys jump around in a video game. Yeah. Do you have a note here for this? No, I'm just oh. bringing people to speed because okay. I'm dumb. Gotcha. Real, uh, real, real dumb episode. Today, I, I didn't watch the theme this week because I was uh, uh, unraveling that unsolved mystery about uh, Chaz Jensen. Oh, okay. It has remained unsolved. I, well, all of your, you know, thanks. This is a real season one of Serial thing where you're just <laughs> like, yep, there's a mystery. We can't solve it. I'm Sarah Koenig. Tune in next week. Uh, so back home. Yeah, the theme song goes into the kitchen. Yes. So often it takes us to the kitchen where Jill is making some Christmas cookies. Yeah. And I want to tell you, I looked at that and I thought, those look pretty nice. <laughs> those look damn damn delicious. I've never been much of a, a sugar cookie guy. You know, I'm not really, I don't have a huge sweet tooth, but on the other hand, I was also sort of hungry at the time and I was yeah. just looking at him like, I'd put that in my mouth. <laughs> you know, I... Maybe I'm changing as I'm getting older, because... Uh, well, everyone changes as they get older, Landon. First it's called puberty, <laughs> then it's called the natural aging process. <laughs> hairs get gray, hairs fall out. A lot of stuff happens with hair. Anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, someone I was dating years ago made me uh, shortbread, mm. which I never liked growing up. Those were always my least favorite Girl Scout cookie. Yeah. Um, but... When she made them, I don't. For some reason, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm into this now." <laughs> you became a short shortbread fan. You, I did, yeah, a shortbread fanboy. I, I haven't had them since, but uh, so you weren't really that much of a fan then. Maybe you were just a fan of those particular. I don't. Shortbreads. I also don't have much of a sweet tooth. I don't eat a lot of cookies or sweets in yeah. general, so um, I wouldn't have come across them in my everyday life. 
Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I had shortbread. I'm sure that I would be as open to it as anything, but I prefer, <laughs> I, you know, I prefer a good, uh, I prefer a good, uh, I don't know, anything with gravy on it, really. Gravy? Why? Isn't that something, like, if you have a roast and there's gravy or something? Oh, I thought Christmas? we were talking cookies. No, I mean, co- honestly, <laughs> there's probably a way to do a cookie with gravy on it. Yeah. I've had weirder things. My mom makes cheese cookies. And yet you, you reject outright my uh, chocolate chip and salsa cookie. Yeah, I do. I I I do, Landon, because it's gross and disgusting, and it's not okay, and it's abomination. I don't want to. I I don't. I object to putting cookies in a snowman's face. I I'm a cookie traditionalist. I believe. Okay. I believe in yeah, cookies. They okay. were described in the Bible. Actually, no. If you look in Leviticus, they mention putting gravy on cookies. <laughs> That's one of the commandments that gets smashed. I guess. <laughs> maybe because of the I, I don't really know a lot about the Bible. I went to Barnes either. for recently. Maybe it's a Jewish thing. Um, but happy uh, Hanukkah. While while she's uh, uh, baking the cookies, she's also lamenting over the light competition, uh, the Christmas light competition that Tim is engaging with Dr. Johnson yet again this year. Yeah, and Tim, much like Chevy Chase, no, actually not like Chevy Chase, much like uh, Paul Simon in the You Can Call Me Al video, is going in and out of the room, bringing strange and wondrous props in and out, <laughs> uh, gigantic candy canes, uh, gigantic candles. And at one point he's at one point he's pushing a donkey through the frame yeah. that I could have sworn was actually a transition starting. <laughs> it's true, yeah. And which I, I we'll come back to that point in a second because I thought that was a, a good joke. But um, I, it's funny you said Chevy Chase because I this year in particular it really struck me how kind of Clark Griswold he's going with it. Maybe it's because he's wearing the like same vest that Clark Griswold wears in that yeah. movie, but. Uh, I don't know. It really struck me this year. Well, you know, and while, while we're just mentioning Clark Griswold, I want to give you a Christmas hot take. Oh, okay. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is dog shit. It is not a good movie, and I don't think it deserves the cult status it has. I think that uh, I think that more people should be watching. Well, more we should just take that movie out of the Christmas rotation and then watch Hudsucker Proxy at New Year's <laughs> the way all good people do because it's a New Year's movie. This is a I guess a backdoor plug for Hudsucker Proxy again. Isn't everything? HUD work, yes. Uh, so I like Christmas Vacation. I'm, I'm just uh, just to balance the scales a little bit. Well, you're wrong. So I'm just going to balance them a little bit more. I'm just going to put my thumb on the scales, the thumb of righteousness and having good taste. Uh, so uh, anyway, fa- so currently yeah. there's some drama in the house. Well, low-key drama because there's family staying with them. Tim's yeah. brother and his wife and their twins are uh, in all the upstairs rooms. And, and we, we find this out because Randy really has to use the bathroom and Mark beats him to the one downstairs. Yes. And this is where we find... Uh, that uh, uh, Nancy is in Brad's bathroom. Yes, uh, milking milking the twins. <laughs> yeah, that's, <one laughs> that's what you do it. with babies, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. That's where milk comes from. <laughs> uh, and then Marty, Marty. is uh, reading magazines uh, in the Taylor's bathroom. I mean, he went into the bathroom with five magazines, and I guess, I guess, that's what you do. have you been in the Taylor's bathroom? I mean, or in the, the par- their parents' bathroom? I mean, it's, it's got that whirlpool. It's got that automatic toilet. Um, didn't he do something with the the vanity? Uh, I mean, I think it, it just has a it's, it has a light up and two uh, two different sinks. Two different sinks, yeah, right. And so he's just washing one hand in each sink. Yeah, exactly. You're living the life of luxury there, wouldn't you? You're, take five. Ma- Look, you take a magazine in there. You need five at least because you bring a magazine, you set it between the two sinks, and then you put one hand in each sink, and uh, you read your magazine. How do you turn the pages, bro? Uh, you get a back scratcher and hold it between your teeth. And you slowly move your heads from side to side, <laughs> and 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 that's why he's taking a long time yeah. in there. As for why they say get the get the extra big matches to light in there when he's done, I don't know. Who, who can say? <laughs> who can say why? Uh, so 
so Jill is excited because her parents are coming. Yes. Tim's siblings are there. Well, Tim's brother is there and his wife. And Jill is thinking this is going to be the perfect Christmas. And Tim is cautioning her. Every time you always say that when your parents are coming, and then you always wind up in your bedroom crying and, and <laughs> demanding to know why you invited them. And, and Tim, the only thing he expects out of this holiday is he just wants uh, Jill's dad to start calling him Tim instead of Hey You. Yeah. Because that's all he ever calls him. Which is, uh, now I, I get the joke at the top of the show. You didn't before then? I When he first did it, I was like, oh my god, this saves me having to think of something more intricate for talk singing. And then when the Hey You bit came back repeatedly through the episode, yeah. I was like, this is great. Landon will get it immediately. Nope, I didn't get nope, it till he right did not. the second. Well, like I told you, I need my jokes explained to me. Well, that's that's great. You, we, we are the perfect couple. <laughs> our, 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 comedy, our comedy interplay is reaching Dr. Forrester and TV's Frank levels. So <laughs> Jill, uh, Jill's excited because she loves having babies in the house. So yes. She's excited that nancy's there with the twins uh so she suggests uh um bringing up the the high chair for lunch yeah tim's like that's okay i'll just eat at the counter i thought that was kind of a solid joke uh yeah and then jill's parents arrive ding dong and this is as soon as the doorbell rings she moves towards uh the back and as she's moving through the scene uh it's it's kind of a great bit of blocking uh in terms of bringing this joke out because as we're following her um back toward the the front door yeah uh tim crosses the thing and we just see like the top of this donkey because uh, it's like the third time he's brought out an oversized uh object uh through the scene yeah and it was there's no comment on it It was just like we it was just a visual sight gag i loved it and it's the donkey starts coming through first and then we finally see tim pushing behind it so yeah. it looks for all the world like like they're moving the next it, scene it in does here with it 100 does i totally yeah. see that <laughs> Uh, but so he opens the doors, and it is uh, the colonel and mm-hmm. uh, Jill's mom, and they are they are going at it, and I don't mean sex, I mean fighting, and <laughs> oh boy, that's yeah. definitely better than them having sex, but it's still pretty awkward, because they are fighting <laughs> a lot, angrily. They are, and uh, we find out, I don't think we, we found this out in the previous episode with Jill's mom, her name is Lillian. Yes. Which is Lillian. a hard name for me to say. Lillian. 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 There's too many L's. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, right to the producers, I guess. <laughs> right to the person who came up with the name. Um, but yeah, they are arguing because they, uh, they've they been arguing the entire drive. Uh, so we found out that they have driven here from Texas. Two days on the road. Which, let's just go into that now. Bullshit. You're not going from Texas to Michigan in two days. How long does it take, Landon? It would be a three-day drive, yeah, for sure. Well, but also he didn't use the turn signal the whole time, so we can assume he was driving very fast. <laughs> Perhaps, I yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, look, it's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas and half a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> um, it might be one of those situations. They just well, drove really fast. It's It took us 20 hours to get from Michigan to, um, like, Orlando or the middle of Florida whenever yeah. we went on that trip. Yeah. So that And that took us two days. Uh, we would, you know, split it half and half. So if you're coming from Texas, which is at least another 800 miles. But what if they live in the northernmost part of Texas, Wichita Falls? It's still like another 400 miles on top of that. So uh, the drive minimum is going to be 25 hours. You know, maybe he has some G.I. Joe jet-powered army car. <laughs> He's kidding. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. I, I, now I know your soft spot. I just play to the play to the G.I. Joe, uh, <laughs> Joe fandom. Uh, so they arrive, they're squabbling, uh, the boys, you know, come running downstairs for hugs. They don't arrange themselves in height order this time. They don't. Uh, but Grandpa, swiftly, the Colonel, Colonel Grandpa, sends them <laughs> out to the, uh, out to the station wagon to unload all the presents. All of the presents. All of the pre- so many presents. <laughs> um, and 
this is where uh, I'm. I lost my point in here. Um, what they. This is where Marty and his wife come downstairs. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. They've got the twins with them, and they say hi to everyone. Yeah. Something interesting about the twins, uh-huh. they used real live babies for they these did. twins. Yes. Actual babies. And speaking as someone, uh, like... <laughs> as opposed to what? As opposed to uh, every episode of Cheers thus far, that, look, the cra- listen, Cheers update, Cheers Corner, the Cranes <laughs> had a baby relatively recently. They've named him Frederick. Frederick will go on to be an integral part of the series Frasier throughout the... Re- anyway, well, actually, Frederick will basically be abandoned by his father so he can move off to Seattle and have lots of gallivanting sex with younger women, but... <laughs> uh, on Cheers, there's a bunch of times the cranes bring Frederick into the bar, but yeah. it's always like in a in a carriage or a stroller or hidden under a jacket or something. Mm. You never actually see the baby, okay. which I assume it's either because the Cheers people love having unseen characters or I just figured it's really expensive to have a baby on set and they wanted to work around that. Yeah, I would say it's just frustrating and unpredictable to have a baby on set. So Home Improvement... Two babies, yeah. double the amount of babies. I don't. I don't think it's that uncommon. It didn't strike me as strange, uh, personally. But uh, I, I certainly wouldn't want to be there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> want to be there either. The ba- one of the babies even starts crying in one of the scenes, and yeah, it's like Jesus Christ, guys. What uh, are you sitting behind me on a plane? I mean, it is interesting that they decided to. Well, th- okay, let's go into this. Character actor corner. Okay, wait for the babies. Nope. Oh. Uh, brought to you by Michael V.S., our new patron. Thank you, Michael. Um, this is for Nancy. Oh, yeah. We haven't met Nancy yet. Yeah. And this is O. German. O. Landon. Such a special, special guest star. Okay, who is it? Her name I'm... is Jensen Daggett. Jensen Daggett? That sounds like a Star Wars character. <laughs> Intergalactic I... bounty hunter Jensen Daggett. <laughs> Lord Vader, she shall return solo to you. Which maybe there's a coincidence that the guy's name was Chaz Jensen at the beginning of the episode? Who knows? Yeah, but... yeah, Pepe <laughs> Sylvia. Uh, she, A, was a huge crush of mine growing up. Oh, I'm really? Seeing her on the show was like, oy, 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 oy. Um, That's <laughs> the noise I make when I have a crush. That's that's your mating call. Oy, <laughs> Uh, she was in uh, a movie called Major League Back to the Miners. That was the third one with Scott Bakula. Oh, wow. Bakula to the Miners. <laughs> she was on a TV show called uh, Single Guy, starring Jonathan Silverman and Mr. Ernest Borgnine, among many other people. Oh, man. The home improvement connections are piling <laughs> up. And she was in a little film I like to call... Friday the 13th, oh. part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Your favorite one, yes. right? Yes. The best of the series, apparently. Well, I wouldn't go that far. And by the way... My most favorite of the series. Jason Jason Takes Manhattan, just they're straight up ripping off the Muppets. Like, <laughs> I thought Muppets Take Manhattan came after Jason Takes Manhattan. Nope, I found out, no, 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 no. They were literally derivative of a Muppet movie. Yeah, Muppets, Muppets Take Manhattan was actually the first film my parents uh, took me in the theater to see. Oh, that's a good one to start I out know, with. I know, I uh, know. So you saw the genesis for the Muppet Babies. <laughs> and the genesis for Jason Takes Manhattan. So Jason took Manhattan from the Muppets. Exactly. You have to be taking it from somebody. Did, so has anyone taken it from Jason? Did the Muppets take Not it yet. back? Not that I know of. Wow. Jason is still king of Manhattan. But, but I mean, but d- did he also take Pelham 1, 2, 3? Or is that a different situation? <laughs> no, well, let's see. I think John Travolta... No, 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 no. Because uh, John Travolta tried to steal it from Walter Matthau, who stopped um, Robert Shaw from yeah. taking Pelham. So John Travolta was trying to take Pelham, but John, uh, uh, what's his name? Denzel Washington stopped him. Therefore, I believe Pelham still belongs to Denzel. And Dimitri Martin 
was in taking Woodstock, so he's got Woodstock handled. Yes. The New York area is is divided up. I mean, like, the Muppets are out of power. Jason has all of Manhattan. We don't know what's going on with Queens and Staten <laughs> Island. And meanwhile, upstate, it's all Dimitri Martin. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so... And meanwhile, uh, you know, all, all we can say is that Liam Neeson's daughter has been taken multiple times. <laughs> uh, where? We don't know. In fact, yeah, yeah we're not going to go into my taken thoughts, but... Um, do you want to play the meta game? Was she on ER? Yes, she was on ER, and yes, I want to play. <laughs> Final answer? Yes, she was not on ER. Fuck! Oh man, I lost my. Ah. <laughs> oh, sorry. But you know what? From here forward, you could be a hundred percent because there's no more in this episode. Well, unless I could find fucking Chaz Jensen, or unless these babies were unless on ER. The babies turned in. To something, um, she was on. Well, a, they turned into adults at some point, and I became assume. actors, is what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. if they, if they're babies that became Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, that would be something. That would be a hell of a performance in What's Eating Gilbert Grape <laughs> if he was a baby. <laughs> what's, eating, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Well, a colic probably. <laughs> uh, so Jensen Daggett was also on uh, an episode of Will and Grace, uh, the the first run of it. Um, she was on Project Elf, which was the, uh, TV movie follow-up to the TV show. Uh... The TV show Elf or the TV show Project Runway? <laughs> she was on Step by Step, Matlock. Oh. Uh, a little Bruce Campbell, um, Oh, connection. Jack of All Trades? Nope, Briscoe County Jr. Oh, okay. Well, next best thing. Next best thing. Uh, Melrose Place, I mean, she's been around for a while. She started, uh, her very first credit was actually Jason Takes Manhattan. Wow. And then went on to And she she just hooked you at an early age in Jason Takes Manhattan, huh? (laughs) I probably didn't see that until much later uh, in life. It was definitely Home Improvement where I first saw her and then probably uh, caught up on Single Guy. Okay. So. Okay. So, all right, well, so an old flame shows up. You, were, you, you, and, you and Tim's brother are, are both fighting over the same woman. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, maybe worth saying that William O'Leary is back uh, as, the, as Marty, Tim's brother. Marty! And, uh, you know what? Let's fucking do them all. Polly Holiday's back as Jill's mom, and M.M. Walsh is back as the colonel. Yes. Uh, which I'd already mentioned. So, uh, we are officially stepping out of character at the corner. Their, their songs, their sound effects, it, just anything, anything's possible when Pure it gets anarchy. this hot. I mean, I have to bring cats the cha- and dogs living together. <laughs> this episode didn't bring it, so I have to bring the chaos. Okay, perfect. So, uh, the you know, the colonel and uh, the colonel's wife are just just angry at each other. Yeah. Jill is trying to distract with the babies. She's trying to get Tim to talk about the light contest that he's waging against Doc Johnson, but but uh, it's just not working. It's just angry and it's awkward. And from that, we transition to we get a Christmas light transition where the um it's like string lights that act as tendrils yes uh uh wrap themselves around polly holiday and mm walsh and like yank them out of the screen um almost like uh hook canes at the apollo (laughs) yeah a real real vaudeville influence in this episode (laughs) so it's it cuts to the boys under the tree examining all of their presents yes they pick up a couple of them shake them don't hear any this is I'm just I'm interrupting myself. This is some of the most authentic childhood moments. They pick them up, <laughs> they shake them, they look at each other with disgust and go, "Clothes." <laughs> uh, did you do that? Would I shake shake presents? Yeah. I would shake presents occasionally, yeah. And 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 the worst gift you could possibly get was clothes. Oh god, I hated getting clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. The clothes part is definitely accurate. I I never shook presents. My mom did, yeah, uh, as a kid. 
and she never believes me that I never shake presents. I'm not sure I believe you that you never shake presents. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just never had the, the impulse. There was one year that I really wanted a GameCube, and there was a big present under the tree, and I was in such anticipation, I went on the internet and looked up the size and dimensions of the GameCube box. <laughs> oh my god, and that then sounds found, like such a Truman thing to do. Found my dad's tape measure and measured the present. And, and guess what, guys? I got a GameCube that year. By far, Nintendo's most disappointing console release. <laughs> Mini discs. Just terrible. Um, so, uh, yeah, and also clothes, shitty gift. Uh, so anyway. Uh, but most practical. Because kids need clothes. They grow out of them very quickly. Yeah, but then just... Just get them. Cl- Look, I mean, I would re- is it when, I, when I was a kid, I would read like the Beezus and Ramona books. Those were a big uh-huh. like the Beverly Clary books. They were a big influence on me. I liked them a lot. But the one thing I never would get is like it, whenever it would be a character's birthday, I'd always be like, oh, and she was so excited. She got the most lovely dress for her birthday. And it's like, fuck that. That's <laughs> that's a shitty. G- I get that you're a girl, Ramona. Yeah. I get it. But that's a shitty thing to be excited about. Dresses are boring. Well, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe not to to her. But uh, have you ever heard of a uh, a traveling pants from a sisterhood? I I, I mean I I've I've heard of the the smash hit film. Yes, I mean <laughs> what was that a gift? Was was the traveling pants a gift or did it just travel between them? No no no, it was just traveling pants. I mean there was oh, no the pants actual... just walked around exactly. It just walked. It was a nomad pair of pants it's, walking it's, from town to town. It's a horror changing movie. people's lives. Oh, so that's change and changing people's pants, <laughs> changing pants and changing lives. I thought, okay, this is it's the Wallace and Gromit movie, The Wrong Trousers, is the claymation <laughs> spinoff of that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so anyway, the boys are upset by this. They yeah. go outside. They leave. Uh, Jill and her mom, meanwhile, start making sticky buns. Yeah. And all Jill's mom wants to talk about is how shitty her marriage is. Well, she does say you can go back on your diet after Christmas, which I thought was a, a <laughs> interesting callback to the last time she was on the show. Yeah. Um, luckily, they, they kind of dismissed that yeah, they kept pretty it on, quickly. Yeah, they kept it on the DL. Uh, maybe dismiss it so quickly that I didn't even need to mention it here. But you know what? I did. And and I, st- I stand by it. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Uh, so all her all that the colonel do, does now that he's retired from the army yeah. is sit around in the den on his barca lounger watching, well, not just watching war movies over and over, watching war movie over and over, <laughs> and that movie is Patton. Yes. Have you seen Patton? I have seen Patton. Yeah, I have seen Patton. Well, that was a great segment. The have Truman and Landon seen Patton Corner. I do have thoughts about Patton, but I want to save them for a little bit later when okay, they are yeah, actually likewise. watching Patton. Okay, great. Um, We're in agreement on Patton. I really want to uh, uh, crack open this scene, though, because yeah. uh, uh, her mom is really opening. And I wouldn't even say opening up, griping. She She's just kind of throwing all of this on Jill. She's groping up. and mm, Griping. And, yeah, you're right. That's bad. <laughs> you know what? I'm chalking that one up to the apartment. I wouldn't have said that shitty thing if you had a less hot apartment, Landon. <laughs> Speak to my landlord. Um, she She's really just kind of laying it all on Jill's shoulders without having any prompt to, to have this. Yeah. And Jill rightly, I think, says, you know, have you tried to talk to dad about this instead of me? Yeah. And, you know, she, you know, her mom just kind of goes, oh, he doesn't listen or blah, 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 blah. Uh, and just continues to lay into this line of uh, talking. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm very much on Jill's side in this episode. Yeah. Uh, no surprise. I'm usually on her side. Yeah, yeah. It's a fair bet. But I do think it's unfair for a parent to unload on a child. Yeah. Even – it doesn't matter your age. I mean, like, there is a point at which 
you're using your child unfairly as a therapist as opposed to, you know, a typical uh what what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, words words escape me. Well, I I'm I don't I don't really know. Like using mother the, mother daughter. I mean, you're not child, confiding parent, in them. You're just parent child is what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just you're just uh you're just unloading all of your thoughts and concerns and worries on them. Yeah, exactly. And it's like well, I said, it's not even thoughts and concerns. It's just like you're griping and bitching and moaning. Yeah, and it's one thing if Jill had said, "Oh, Dad seems a little grouchy. Is there something wrong?" Uh, or you know, she had like prompted it in some mm-hmm. way. But but no, it's just as soon as she walks in the door, her mom is unloading on her yeah. unfairly. And uh, I, I mentioned that because it comes back into play later in this episode that I want to uh, bring back to. So okay. Well, I mean, what she, what, one of the things that she says is that just when I, you know, she's complaining that all he does is sit in the den watching this movie when she thought that they would be traveling and doing mm-hmm. stuff together. Just when I thought we'd be getting closer together, we're growing further apart. And and she, you know, when Jill kind of asks what she's been doing to try and help, she's like, well, you know, he's he's established a, he's, he's established a defensive stronghold in the den. I'd have to put a grenade under his barca lounger to get him out of there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then, um... <laughs> then Tim and Marty just kind of Marty. Move, move through the scene uh, with a camel. Uh, with a camel, yeah. And at that point, I was like, "Can this roof hold this much weight?" Yes. <laughs> Which sooner or later, look, one of these years, the roof is going to collapse under the weight of. Like, if they're going to keep going with this running gag, it has to. Yeah. And Jill flags Tim down and says, "Like, you know, because they're they're moving this big light up camel out." Yeah. She flags Tim down and says, "Tim, I need I need your help. I think things are going bad with my parents." Tim doesn't want to get involved, and he says, I've got to go light up a camel. <laughs> uh, I was, thought it was funny. Was that a, a subversive uh, um, uh, ad for camel cigarettes? I, I think that was yeah. kind of what he was going for, yeah. Boo. But I, I don't know. I, well, I, look, setting a bad example, sure, maybe. Actually, no. No one on this show smokes. I don't know. I don't think it was a bad example. I think it was funny wordplay. <laughs> uh but yeah, Jill wants to intervene in her parents' yeah. dispute, but Tim, like Switzerland, maintains a strict uh, neutrality. Uh, yeah, and tells her to do the same. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's like Rand Paul. He just doesn't want to get involved in other countries' affairs. <laughs> um, so from that, we, we get a, a Christmas light bomb transition. So we've you know gone from having the Christmas lights as tendrils, as uh, all kinds of things. This one is a grenade-style christmas bulb yeah blowing the screen apart into the living room violent af <laughs> where the boys are watching uh Patton with the colonel uh and immediately i just want to mention no boy of 12 of 13 is going to be that interested in Patton the way that these boys are thank you we are talking <laughs> about the same thing speaking of someone who watched Patton when he was 13 and was like the fuck is this shit the fuck is that? This isn't Saving Private Ryan. This isn't the Dirty Dozen. This is not the Guns of Navarone. Oh my god. The, I, I, they're, they're playing all of this, like, gunfire and explosions and bombs from the screen. There's not a whole lot of war in no. Patton. Patton isn't a war movie. It's just kind of a character study about a guy who's a big asshole. It's almost a black box theater community production of just one guy talking the whole movie. It, it's, it's just like, the, the story of Patton is just... There was this guy who swore so much. <laughs> oh man, was he a dick. He was such an asshole. And we, I guess we can thank him for World War II. <laughs> uh, I have a theory that, um, that the colonel doesn't always watch Patton. 
that he is still on his first viewing of Patton. Because it's it's an awfully long... It is a long-ass movie. Yeah. And uh, this is in the VHS era, so it was at least a 16-tape volume. It was like Ken Burns' The Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So uh, it's a whole production having to get up, find the next tape, put it in the VCR, sit down, make sure it's rewound. I mean, maybe he taped over Patton with like a Rat Patrol episode <laughs> or Hogan's Heroes or something. Maybe that's, that's what, what we were watching. hearing. And that's why the boys were so enthralled. It just went from George C. Scott pontificating about his philosophy into some sort of like F Troop episode. I, I think that I think that the movie Jarhead, a war movie <laughs> about Desert Storm that is notable for not having any war in it. Like by like a, a war movie that is purposefully about just being bored and not being yep. able to kill anyone is a much more exciting movie than Patton, <laughs> which is about the biggest conflict of human history. Uh yeah. I mean well it's also about, you know, it's mainly about Patton, but a guy who is defined in this <laughs> Look, I guess I guess what I'm saying is is that this best picture winning movie that defined George C. Scott's career is not as great as people will have you think it is. He's fantastic in it. I mean it's a great performance. Yeah. That but scene it, at the beginning with the flag, it's cool. Yeah. It it's just a it, it drones on. Well, well, welcome welcome back to Truman and Landon shit on movies that critics really like. <laughs> I feel like we could be good at this. We have a lot of, uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, these these boys are just are just remarkably interested in Patton, and the two babies are sitting there in the colonel's arms, and they seem fairly like, uh, look, if anything is going to put a baby to sleep, it's the movie Patton. <laughs> Another dunk. Woo! Take take that, <laughs> take that, and uh, so Jill comes downstairs, yeah. sees them all watching Patton, asks the boys to go upstairs, and Mark is like, but we're not done with Patton yet. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're in the realm of magical realism. It's that is the that okay. I can buy. I, I've decided I can buy Tim and Al getting shrunk down to four inches tall. <laughs> A child <laughs> wanting to continue watching the movie Patton is so hard to believe. I would rather watch a movie that is just. A video of Patton Oswalt walking around his house in Burbank <laughs> making breakfast. Not even, not even yeah. being funny or doing hilarious Twitter stuff. I would just rather fo- like watch Patton Oswalt than the movie Patton. I. It also strikes me weird that Patton, the movie, a real movie, Patton exists in the same world that Bayonet Hell exists. Exactly. Exactly. There's just so many other more like <laughs> intense World War II movies right. that were around back then. We're getting done. there's a lot of tar keeping us stuck into Patton Corner here. We have to tear ourselves loose. I suppose so. <laughs> we're we're we, you know, we're mired down in this just like Patton got mired in North Africa in his fight against Edward Rommel, the Desert Fox. So uh, Nancy comes to pick up the twins from the Colonel and says, "Oh, um, I, well." She goes, "Oh man, I can't believe they're they're so calm and asleep." And the Colonel's like, "Oh yeah, the Patton you know put them to sleep." She goes. Well, I usually uh, put put him to sleep with old tapes of Tool Time, uh, which I think that was her maybe one of her only lines. I think the only line, yeah. I don't know if it's her only line, but one of them. And I'm glad that it was a dunk on Tim. Yes, solid. <laughs> you, you you make you make use of the one that you've got. Total yes. sniping. Uh, so Jill sits down and starts talking to her dad yep. about the situation with her mom and her dad. Let's say does not take it very well. You mean he's not receptive to uh, sensitive talking? He he basically starts barking and yelling at her about, you know, like, uh, it's mind your own business and this and that. You know, Jill says something, you know, yeah, she he basically says, keep your nose out of it. And Jill says, well, you guys were fighting the second you walked in the door. And he goes, that's not true. We started fighting in Texas. <laughs> this rings, unfortunately, very true to me. I feel like uh, there is this kind of passive-aggressive... Uh, 
behavior that defines a lot of uh, relationships of that generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, so it just it doesn't go. It, the fight doesn't go over very well. I don't no. know if you've got anything, but like Jill doesn't make any headway with them. No, no. Uh, in fact, we get a TV uh, Santa turning the TV off transition because uh, even uh, santa claus doesn't <laughs> like Patton. Um, uh, santa claus who kind of looks like george c scott yeah he played santa claus in uh a scrooge movie uh, i know he played well he played christmas he played scrooge in the 1991 uh, bbc tv I he, adaptation i am almost certain Carol. he played uh, uh santa at one point uh, i mean we, we look i mean, we could we could do this research right now but we don't have to but he is so <laughs> <laughs> uh, you 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 look for that up on the I'm roof. Not, speaking done. of Santa Claus, yeah. up on the roof, Tim is working on his light display with Marty, and <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to stop doing that sooner or later. But they're up there uh, working working on setting up all of the standees for the three wise men and Santa Claus. Yeah. And... luckily it is back to the three wise men and not the three yeah. wise tool guys. Yes, uh, but so, yeah, not as much blasphemy. Also worth mentioning that Marty has a pair of binoculars spying across the the way. Yes. At Doc Johnson uh, and trying to see what he's putting up on his roof. And really, do you need binoculars when, A, it's one of your neighbors, and, B, it's large light-up shit on his roof? Well, I'm wondering. Maybe this this answers a question I have. It looks like uh, Tim has nailed a schematic for what he wants to do to his chimney. Yeah, that and sounds like Tim. So I'm wondering—no, that doesn't sound like Tim. Tim is clearly someone who works without instructions. But when there are instructions that Tim wrote— Maybe. Okay. Uh, so my guess, uh, th- bringing it back to the binoculars, is that maybe they were using binoculars, assuming that Doc Johnson was also using a schematic and trying to get as uh, minute of detail as he could. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. So Jill comes out there as they're working up on the roof, and she yells up to Tim that you know she needs she needs his help because now Dad is mad at her, and Tim's like, "I told you not to talk to him about that." Yeah. And so Tim climbs down the ladder to talk to her about it, and then uh, her mom sticks her head out the door. And says, uh, says, you, Jill, come in here and talk to me. I'm so mad at you right now. And Tim is like, oh, Jill, oh, <laughs> yeah, you did it again. Yeah. And Tim climbs back up the ladder and Jill goes inside where uh, Jill's mom is very angry because it's like, I guess, she, you know, her dad has now gone to her mom and said yeah. all these things about how Jill says that you said that I'm depressing. Oh, and God, it's, this is so real to a, a parent conversation, this yeah. kind of telephone style thing. Yeah, just... No, I'm gone. Yeah, well, Jill's mom says, your dad just told me that uh, you told him that I think he's depressing. And Jill's like, no, I said he was exhibiting symptoms of depression. And uh, it, this kind of like miscommunication that at least I deal with with my parents all the time uh, kind of brought up some anxiety for me. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry it had that adverse effect on you for – for me, it just it just was you know the 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 funniest and most rewarding bit of it for me is when Jill's mom is just like you've taken one semester of psychology so slow your roll yeah like right. you you don't know our life she has a great line saying your dad and I could have been mad at each other and just had a perfectly lovely Christmas if you just kept your mouth shut <laughs> uh, so Jill from this conversation Jill marches back outside and yeah. hollers for Tim to come down and talk to her again he, so he climbs back down the ladder yeah and then Wilson goes oh hidey ho neighbors and then and then as soon as Tim gets down he says this and Jill just goes oh never mind Tim I'll just talk to Wilson instead so Tim just <laughs> climbs back up the ladder yeah we're getting a lot of Jillson scenes this season I like it I think that the producers uh, heard our future podcasts <laughs> and were like this is a good thing and it's and it's a great scene I mean yeah. Will, you know she describes her situation and and how she fucked up and 
Wilson says that getting in between family squabbles is a major Noel no-no. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I don't know if I, if I do or not. Um, if it affects you, I think you have to at least express your um, experience with it. But... When, when they're fighting in front of everybody yeah. all the time and they can't keep their shit together, like, that's, it's not your, yeah. Yeah, maybe not get involved, but at least put up a boundary and say, hey, knock this shit off, you're, you know, affecting everybody else around you. Yeah, go get in the car, drive to a vacant lot, have a <laughs> fight club, and then come back. I, I go don't have know. your guys a fight club. Yeah. Uh... So, but she's so she's having this conversation with Wilson, and what's great is that Tim is up on the roof, yelling down occasionally and offering his his you know beliefs. So Jill's like, "Is it a bad thing to try and help my parents?" And Tim yells, "Yes, it was." And Wilson goes, "It's perfectly natural, Jill, for a child to want to help out when her parents are squabbling." And Jill looks up and goes, "You hear that, Tim?" And then Wilson says, "And it's perfectly natural for the parents to not want that." You hear that, Jill? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, this is a good, uh, nicely written scene. Yeah, I, I like and this. performed. Yes, yeah, all all around, full spectrum comedy. <laughs> um, but what Wilson winds up referencing is that the Noor tribe in Africa, when they would be a family dispute, they would bring in an impartial third party, usually an older Noor. <laughs> God, uh, to mediate the family dispute. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was funny. It, I was, it was a funny bit. It was a funny bit. And then Jill says, "Well, Wilson, can you can you come over and be our impartial third party?" And he says, oh, "I I would love to, Jill, but I'm can't. I'm going to a Filipino Christmas party." <laughs> and Jill says, "Oh, well, when you when you be back?" He says, "Oh, in a couple weeks. It's in the Philippines." <laughs> oh man, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know why. Right here, I have. uh, Oh God, yeah, right. This is where the stunt happens. Oh yes, where so Jill goes. Thank you, Wilson. She goes back inside, and then all of a sudden, um, I think Tim is trying to look out at Doc Johnson's stuff again. Well, well, I mean, Wilson yells up to Tim like, "Why don't you be the third party neighbor?" Yeah, and he says he doesn't. He he prefers to (laughs) stay. I prefer to stand my ground, and then he slips. Oh, got it. Yeah, that would set up the joke, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. But you're like there I for the punchlines. I need uh, explanations of things. Okay, that's uh, good. Now I'm glad I'm explaining <laughs> the jokes. Uh, and then, like, a massive stunt fall. Like, it has nothing to do with this episode. Tim just falls off the roof. Yeah. Onto, like, a box and rolls off into the yard. Yeah, and then he springs back up, and he's okay. He's fine. He's good. <laughs> it was, like, it was a pretty decent stunt. It looked good. It yeah. Lo- yeah, it was It was intense. For a second, I was like, did Tim Allen do that himself? It was, it, yeah, that was really well choreographed, because he rolled just out of frame and tim i think popped up from uh the secret garden hole uh in the the bushes yeah secret garden hole (laughs) um and then we just get a fade yes into the kitchen yes where brad and randy are picking apart the sticky buns yeah they're picking the raisins off and eating them because if there's one thing kids like it's raisins (laughs) i loved raisins growing up you were a weird kid landon Uh, yeah, and and uh, the colonel comes down. I love this little Yeah, yeah, moment, g- yeah, give it to him. Take him through. Uh, so the colonel comes in and goes, Hey, you boys aren't, uh, you're not eating uh, those sticky buns, are you? We're saving those for tomorrow. You better not be eating them. <laughs> those are for the morning. Uh, and he goes, Oh, no. And Randy is still chewing as he's saying no. And he goes, well, Why not? Nobody's looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's I'm I'm trying to figure out who that impression sounds like because it doesn't sound like M.M. at Walsh. It's a little, it's, it's it's a little Ed, like molasses. It's a little bit Edward G. Robinson, yeah, <laughs> mixed with uh, someone Southern, yeah, uh, Huey Long maybe. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so he he goes and sits down on the t- on the couch with the sticky bun. Tim comes in and and, uh, and the colonel goes, "Oh, hey, you." 
and Tim asks if he'll come up and help him on the roof with uh, with the lights, and he yeah. says, "No, nah, I gotta watch Patton. I got no interest in helping you uh, put on a light display against a." 80 year old butt doctor and uh tim goes oh yeah i guess i guess you're you know you're something so he just mentions that doc johnson was in the navy yeah and and that that is all it takes to get an <laughs> army man like uh like uh, the colonel yeah. uh enlisted which is pretty cool honestly then we get our i think this is happening about once per episode now where the scene uh the the future scene slides together as the transition, and that this yeah. is our one where the roof kind of comes together, uh, where the colonel joins Tim uh, on spying on Doc, yeah, with well, the binoculars and setting stuff up, like they're they're, yeah, they're spying on him with that. They're plugging in the light up sheep and everything else, yeah, and the pig, which I thought was a, an interesting prop. Yeah, I didn't know a pig was a part of the nativity <laughs> display. Uh, yeah, and so they're up there, and Tim Tim winds up starting to mediate about the situation. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, I I don't really remember exactly what he said, but something about well, he brings it up and says, you know, Jill says you're you're spending a lot of time watching uh, watching things these days. You know, are you um, are you having any problems? You know, he kind of he's very non Tim Taylor. Yeah, he, he's pretty this. discreet. In yeah, getting into this, it was kind of a very deft touch, and the colonel somehow opens up and says you know i'm i'm so used to 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 uh commanding 2000 troops who always uh were at my beck and call and now i've got uh well okay. under underneath my foot no 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 i used to command 2000 troops God. who worshiped the ground i walked on now i spend all my time with one woman who vacuums the ground i walked on that's exactly on. what i said i don't yeah, know yeah. why you stopped me exactly the thing <laughs> Uh, and Tim says to him something like, well, you're, you're basically Tim alleges that he's retreating from his marriage. And yep. he says, no, an army man never retreats. And, uh, he, Tim, Tim uses Patton as an example saying, yeah. well, you know, you, you watch Patton all the time. Does, uh, did he ever, you know, retreat to his Barker lounger to, to watch himself? Yeah. Where, where's the scene where he's sitting <laughs> on his ass looking for his remote? Yeah. And well, I mean, who watches, what does Patton watch if we watch Patton? Uh, I think Patton, I, we watch Patton, and Patton, I think, read lots of history about Roman generals and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And in the best part of the movie, hangs out with his bull terrier and an adorable <laughs> dog. He probably watched All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, probably so. Uh, I don't know, that's kind of a leftist film. I feel like Patton wouldn't be into that. No, no, he probably watched uh, Birth of a Nation or some shit. <laughs> oh, God, okay, that's the exact opposite extreme. Suck it, Patton. Uh, yeah, so then... Uh, you know, Jill's dad thinks on that, and yep. then we transition to the next scene. Uh, we get a present wrapping. Uh, the, uh, the scene kind of wraps itself up, just like the, the present that the Grunt Creek brought us. Yeah. At the beginning of the episode. Things come in full circle. <laughs> uh, and yet, there's still more episodes, so we're not out of the box yet. Um, but the transition takes us to the kitchen, where uh, the colonel enters while Lillian is making uh, some tea. Yes. She explains that she wasn't able to sleep all night with them... Um, jumping around up on the roof you're about to yeah i am about to <laughs> well yeah i'm being lulled to sleep by the warmth of this room um and jill's dad says you know we're gonna surprise that navy butt doctor when he sees what we've got up there and then he basically and very uncharacteristically just says to her i realize i haven't been much fun to live with since i retired what would you think about doing a little traveling maybe going to italy and yeah just suggests they go to italy and yeah. ride around on a gondola and <laughs> eat some of that she cheese goes, she goes oh. I didn't think you liked boats. And he goes, a gondola is a boat? 
<laughs> I'm like, maybe that's what Gabagool is. Uh, yeah, maybe a Gabagool is a type of boat. It's just a big old, it's a big old sausage you hollow out and ride around in, <laughs> which would be delicious until people start eating it, and then it springs a leak. Yeah. And meanwhile, while this is happening, Jill has uh, kind of snuck downstairs and and um, has. He, not interrupted, but like stumbled upon them, and then tries to hide herself in the background, eavesdropping on their conversation. Uh, but they finally catch her. Yeah, and, and they she, say, "Were you eavesdropping? I'm sleepwalking. <laughs> You're making coffee while you sleepwalk. That's how I know it's ready. <laughs> so it'll be ready when I wake up. Okay, there. See, look, you got one back on me. There we go. Uh, and so Jill's. Uh, yeah, finally, Lillian leaves the room, and uh, Jill is left with her father. Who says, "You know." I didn't, uh, it's good to know that some of my, uh, my words got through to you. And he goes, it wasn't you, it was Hey You. That, that, that song by Pink Floyd really yeah. got him thinking about the distances and lack of connection <laughs> between people. And then, uh, you know, because we couldn't end on a, a heartfelt note for some reason, Tim falls from the roof again. Uh, just like satellite in a hot Tim's roof. <laughs> yeah, just tied up in tinsel. Complete stunt, uh, callback from then. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah, because it's, it's, you know, he says like, wait, you know, if you actually listen to him sometimes, that husband of yours isn't such an idiot. And then that's when he falls yeah. down, proving that he is, in fact, such an idiot. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, we go to the kitchen where everyone is dressed for the uh, uh, the unveiling of the Christmas light displays. Yep. Uh, this is actually where I felt like it was most like Christmas vacation because uh, they're all going to go out to, to see the thing. Um, and they go out to the backyard. I don't know why... This isn't logistically doesn't make sense to me. They're in a neighborhood competition, and Tim is putting lights on his house that are facing the back of the house. Yes, and also <laughs> the thing you explain, like we go out there, so we we don't see any of the wise men. Where are they? And Tim and Tim and the colonel are like, oh, we, you know, they used some some army tricks, camouflage. A camouflage would have been funnier because they're putting a camel up there. <laughs> B they push a button and then suddenly like these standee versions of the three wise men start popping up from under the snow and yep. a gigantic um, nativity scene like raises out from a hole in the roof. And, it's and like, I, I had written a note here that Jill then asks yeah. the second I finish writing it. Yeah, did you cut a hole in my roof, Tim? <laughs> and Tim goes, oh, "I'll fix it tomorrow," and then it immediately starts snowing. <laughs> yeah, but but like if the judge like. I don't see why you would get extra points for having a nativity display that pops up in a, in a special no, way. No, not at Like, all. if the judges don't see it doing that, it just looks like a normal nativity display. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, I, well, I mean, the whole point was that Doc couldn't see what they were doing, so they were doing it under the guise of camouflage so that they could then attack with the light display. And who wins? Well, just like we the do. end of Rocky Three, we never find out. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo Creed dies. Oh, wow. <laughs> Spoiler alert for a movie that's forty years old. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Hey, guys, don't watch Patton. Watch Rocky Three, <laughs> even though you know how it's going to end. Spoiler alert: Patton gets kicked out of the army for being a dick to one of his soldiers, and then he kills Apollo Creed. Uh, we go to the outtakes where um, uh, it looks like an extended scene, or maybe it was a an, uh, uh, another episode of Tool Time. Usually, we get two per episode, yeah. uh, and they didn't fit it in this episode where there is a full body ice sculpture of Al, and I love that he keeps calling him Frozen Al. Yeah. Um, and Tim, you know, inherently just keeps chopping little bits of Al off. Yep. Uh, which is sad and disturbing. Um, but you know what? There was a little uh, hidden thing in this uh, this episode, did you, or in this uh, scene. Did you see it? No, I did not. What was it? <laughs> 
card corner. Oh, nice card corner. We are finally a corner that's occupied. <laughs> Brought to us by Tara L. Okay, thank you, Tara L. <laughs> no one will remember last names from those the last drama teacher two from months. my high school. <laughs> uh, so we asked uh, Karn. Uh, I don't know why I called him Karn. We re- asked Richard Karn um, this week. Of all of the guest stars that have appeared on Home Improvement, uh, were there any that were particularly special to him? Yeah. I had an inkling of what he might say, and he said the thing that inked me. What is the <laughs> What is the thing that he said? Uh, he responded by saying, There are so many great people that we were honored to have on the show, but Jack Alam and Ernest Borgnine oh. had some of the best stories. I bet they did. Uh, Both in character and character. hands emoji. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> not the nerd emoji this time. Nope, not this uh, time. That's, that's great. I bet they would have some pretty nice stories. They've been yeah. around. They, I'm sure that Jack Alam has plenty of great stories from Cannonball Run. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. I mean, he seemed pretty out of it in that movie. <laughs> I think that was part of the point, though. Yeah, true, true. Um, or he was just he was just getting drunk with Burt Reynolds the whole time. In which case, he has great stories. <laughs> and Dom DeLuise. That yeah. would be, like, the trifecta. Um I that you know from all of the people we've seen on the show so far, I I think that they are probably my favorite. I mean, maybe not their characters on the show, but just like in terms of status of uh, actor that you're having on the show. Yeah, I didn't really like their bit on the show, but they were certainly. I mean, their characters were were fun and inventive, yeah. and I always like Jack Alam's weird uh, eye. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I so I, I'm glad that we're kind of um, on the same page as Karn on that. Yeah. So thank you, Richard Karn, for that. And uh, lastly, is there anything you want to go over in this episode that we didn't yet? Uh, no. No. I Not got everything. Not even the... Grunt count. Well, I mean... to us by... So now you're doing, like... Now you're doing euphemistic names instead of even just abbreviating their last names. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I get you. Well, yeah. The grunt count is zero. There were no grunts. Oh, I was going to guess that. Tim Tim goes oh no like mm-hmm. he, he he grunt talks a couple times but Which that doesn't count established not a not a grunt yep not a grunts so there were not a grunts in this episode compared to previous Christmases when oh there were God. shitloads they of have been our most grunty episodes so this might be our least grunty season yet who knows yeah we, have we broke double digits I'm trying we to broke think. double digits but have not we? by the margins that we have in the past wow man. Okay, this is, I mean, we're midway, right? We're yeah. just about. This is yeah, about the halfway point. Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ, indeed. It's his birthday. <laughs> this is uh, going to be a very confounding uh, season grunt count. Yeah. Once we get there. Um, all right. Well, that leaves us one last segment. Yep. That intro was a silent one. I, it's I mean, only for dogs. Are you? Yeah, I know. We were whistling so loud. What do you, do you just want me to do the intro for every tweet time now? Uh, I mean, if you want to take it, you can, but uh, you no. don't have to. No. Okay. No, that's your thing. I don't want to step in your bed. Tweet time, sponsored by Kirsty J. Ah, yes. Who could guess? <laughs> uh, this week we asked, and I'm very excited about this one because we've got some great answers. Um, in honor of this being a holiday episode, um, I asked people what were their best, worst, or painfully mediocre uh, gifts that they've ever received. Nice. Uh, do you have one offhand? Uh, there was one year that the only gifts I got were books. And I don't want to say that books are a bad thing. I think literacy is good. When you're 12 years old, <laughs> you kind of, like, sure, some You want a books. PlayStation. I just, only books. All yeah. I got were books. And it was like, Mom, Dad, I get it. I'm a smart kid or whatever. But you got to <laughs> give me something here. 
Yeah. Did you did you happen to open all of the books? Maybe one of them were hollowed out and inside was like a, a, a big Game Boy Advance or something? or something. I think I opened all of them, but my parents also weren't creative like that in terms <laughs> of like hollowing a thing out. They did, they weren't going to go to those lengths. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, what about you? Yeah, I I've received some great ones. I mean, the the issue with my parents, uh, bless their heart, is that. Um, for a while, they really just asked me what I wanted and then got me the thing that I asked for. Not bad. So there wasn't – yeah, and it's hard to complain about that. Um, but and yet, here we are. The things that I ended up cherishing the most were the ones that they put some thought into and, and got on their own. So yeah. I remember uh, they got me a PlayStation 2, and mm. I hadn't even asked for it Oh yeah. Uh, at that point. I, I think I was kind of out of video game mode at that point. And well, if anything's going to get you back in, it's the PS2. <laughs> I know, I know. This is right when Vice City was coming out, too. Oh. And so they... You got a Vice... You, wait, you got a, you got a PlayStation 2 at the same time I got a PlayStation 2. Oh, how about that? Oh, how about that? I was very <laughs> into video games at the time, though. Um, I did ask for it. I So they... Yeah, they just put in the thought of like, oh, what would he like? I don't know. How about this? And then they just decided and did it, and it was a great surprise. Uh, and they do that, you know, it seems to be now they, they do try to put thought into one or two like big presents a year. And, yeah. uh, I always appreciate that more than, you know, even if it is just a book, but it's something that they thought of to get me. I appreciate that. The sure. Most, so, yeah. um, okay. But let's get into the tweets that we received from our listeners. Um, <laughs> you, okay. The first one is from Michael VS. Mm-hmm. We, we've mentioned him already twice on this show. Uh, you can follow him uh, at Emmet. Oh, God, my cold reading skills are coming out here. Uh, at MVS Union on Twitter, uh, he says, "I once received a gift certificate to McDonald's." Wow, I am a vegetarian. Ooh, <laughs> you ate a lot of parfaits, <laughs> shamrock shakes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some one dollar uh, sodas. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that would be. Lots of fries. Uh, not great. Your sodium went way up. I remember once I received a Home Depot card, and I was like 26 or something, and there wasn't even any money on it. Wait, so someone just gave you a piece of plastic? <laughs> yes, and I'm going to refrain from saying who, but uh, that was, yeah, that was probably a very disappointing gift that I received. I probably was. Yeah. I'm sure you would know. Uh, this one comes from uh, uh, at Mr. Lizard Kings with a Z, and this is John S., says uh best was the uh sega master system at age five or six i still remember how excited i was when i opened it um and there it was the thing that i've been spent months looking at in stores wishing for and dreaming about it was in my little hands it was all mine oh so video game system were you uh ever privy to the sega systems i was not i started with the n64 gotcha that was my in uh i do remember yeah I, I, i my friend had sega uh, and I had Nintendo, and uh, we played Toe Jam and Earl on his Sega all the time, um, which was a lot of fun. It sounds fun. Yeah. I'm having fun just thinking about it. <laughs> Fan Theory World. Uh, you know those guys. Uh, I believe this is Eric from their show. Uh, you can follow them at Fan Theory World. says, for Christmas one year, this is a great one. <laughs> for Christmas one year, my mom got, for my wife and me, dolls that looked exactly like each of us. Oh, God. <laughs> it was as creepy as it sounds to open... Uh, a present with a doll that looks like you. Now they live with our niece's, no- uh, niece's doll collection, and the doll me now dates princesses, uh, Disney princesses on the regular. Pretty solid, man. Your doll, <laughs> doll you is doing okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe. I, I mean, just hope that hope, hope that your nieces don't get into voodoo. But other than that, you're you're set. 
<laughs> yeah, that I can't, it's like uh, the episode of Seinfeld with George Costanza's, yeah. uh, who was it, Susan that had the doll collection? Yeah, in the, the doll that looks like his mom. Yeah. yeah. George! Oh my, that's really good. <laughs> finally, finally one of us does a good impression. <laughs> um, next up is Infinite Whovian, Doctor Who Fan 19 on Twitter. Uh, the best guest I received was a Nintendo 64. That is one of the best gifts that my family received. Yeah, I remember being in complete awe of it and watching uh, a little red Italian plumber jumping around on my screen, and it filled me with joy. Hey, it's a me, Gabagool, speaking like an Italian person. Well, you are an Italian person. Well, yeah. Yeah, speaking like every Italian person (laughs) on Earth in a completely accurate rendition. When I was a kid playing the Mario games... I thought for uh, I thought for a bunch of that time that the Italian language was just it's a like putting it's a in front of English. <laughs> I thought that that was just Italian was just a, it, hey it's, a, it's just like normal English but yeah. with like lots of a's and it's a except for Aha! their their food they put it's a after the peas pizza. <laughs> I really respect that joke <laughs> a lot, and I'm glad that you made it. Tara, uh, who you can follow. Pterodactyl, that's Terra without an H. Then you can put an H in Terra. T-A-R-A. Uh, Dactyl 1021 says, uh, One of the best gifts I received from my mom was a super comfy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1980s cartoon version sweater. I was 26 at the time. Nice. There's one type of clothes you can get as a gift that doesn't totally suck. If Ramona <laughs> yes. had gotten a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sweatshirt instead of a dress, I would have liked those books more. Yeah. A couple years ago, my mom got me, this is something I asked for, but... Uh, one of my favorite t-shirts, which is, uh, just a, it's a black t-shirt with, um, only in white David Lynch's face. Oh, that's good. And I have worn it twice because the first time I wore it, uh, my landlord said, Hey, is that Trump? Uh, and the second time I wore it, somebody said, Hey, is that Trump? (laughs) So, wow. Huge uh, slam on David Byrne. (laughs) David Lynch. David Lynch. I'm sorry. David Lynch. Yeah. Because they both kind of have. Yeah, they have. Yeah. When, when you're talking like monochrome, it's hard. All you see is like old face, lots of hair. That is that is about the one thing that David Lynch would find way too weird <laughs> for him, being mistaken for Donald Trump. Oh, and lastly, we have uh, John, uh, who you can follow at jvorhees13. <laughs> I have no idea who this could be. Uh, he says, got a talk boy from Home Alone 2 when I was a kid, and I still have it. Nice. I also had one of those, and I got rid of it, and I regret it. I had a yak back. What's that? It's like I. It was like a. T- I mean, a talk boy is like an audio recorder, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yak back was like that. It would record like fifteen seconds of audio, or even less than that, and then it would play it back. Oh, interesting. Not a great toy. But we had uh, the talk boy. You could actually put a cassette inside, so you could record for as long as the cassette could hold it. Mine was not nearly that good. And Yours you, was a much better thing. I'm trying to remember if you could play it in reverse or. I, there was some sort of mode on it. I, in the movie, he plays it in slow-mo, I think. Yeah. Um, but I remember the feature that they had in the movie is not included on the actual Talkboy. And yeah. And it was a bit of a disappointment. But I still used it all the time. Nice. I think I... Oh, God, this really dates me. But I used it to record because it uh, had a little microphone that uh, retracted. And so you could pull it out like a giraffe neck almost. Yeah. And um, I used to point that microphone at the radio speakers and record um whenever my favorite songs are coming on the radio oh man you dirty pirate you (laughs) you're the original napster (laughs) making my uh my mixtapes uh the old school way (laughs) the the macaulay culkin way 
so that has been tweet time this week. Thank you, Kirsty. Truman, this has been a long episode. Do you have anything else you want to contribute? No, I have nothing else to contribute. Let's let's take this bitch home. Okay, then, if you enjoyed today's show and want to help us create even better content like our upcoming episodes of The Santa Claus or our interview with Pod Therapy, you can consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor on our Patreon. Yes. Patreon.com slash GruntworkPod. That is true, but what do they what do they get if they do what, that? If you if you do that, if you <laughs> become a Patreon sponsor, you get access to all kinds of great stuff. Yep. Notably, our supplemental podcast, Gruntwork Nights, a podcast yep. about everything but the TV series Home Improvement. It's just me and Landon, just just goofing, just straight up <laughs> stunting and being even weirder and dumber than we're being right now. And it's a lot of fun, and we do some pretty good stuff that I like a yeah. lot. We are going into 1995, which is when Dumb and Dumber came out, and and little did they know that it was a precursor to the podcast we would make. <laughs> Pod and Potter. Yes. Which we, is a Harry Potter podcast. Yeah. Um, it so, probably is. <laughs> as Truman said, you can find that uh, at uh, patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Uh, but also, if you want to do something for free, you can uh, leave a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to our podcast. Because when you do, Truman, tell them what they get. Well, what you get is a triumphal parade like the Roman conquerors of old, where a returning hero walks through the streets with uh, thousands of people thronging the sidelines cheering for him and a slave standing behind them carrying Ooh. a golden crown and whispering in your ear a warning that all glory is fleeting. These are the last lines from Patton. From Patton. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, you get it. <laughs> More I, uh, great jokes to be explained. I almost uh, sent you some quotes from Patton for some, for some reason, but I didn't. Thanks. And cause, uh, I didn't have to. I could that trust, was, that, trust that you could find your own Patton quotes. It would have been a bad gift. <laughs> Please stop by to say hi to us if you have any inclination to after this episode on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, where you can find us at GruntWorkPod. Uh, and you can find information on today's episode uh, on our website, which happens to be gruntworkpodcast.com that's true while you're there you can sign up for our weekly newsletter which is a great way to be notified whenever an episode is released you can also get exclusive information as well as jeez I went micro machine guy on that let's just, let's just finish it we just have to finish this episode <laughs> uh, grunt count hint exclusive trivia all that kind of fun stuff and until next week when we cover another episode of Home Improvement I've been Lionel Solano. I've been trimming caps. And be sure to spay and neuter your grandparents. Ooh, God. I know. I, I don't want to have to be the one to tell them this. But... Doesn't nature do that by itself? <laughs> <laughs>